What's up, Internet? You're tuned in episode 47 of the Video Game Pals, the Pals Network's weekly video game podcast where a group of lifelong gamers get together to talk about video games, the news, and how it all makes us feel. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined today by my ever-present co-host and antagonist, Mr. Andy Brown. Hey, hey, water Pokemon suck. Just falling back into old bits. I thought I thought you were, you were trying to evolve your comedy, and, you know, it's like, it's just tired now, you know? It's like, they don't even get a rise out of me anymore. You guys are just, you're lazy. You're getting lazy. Man, you know who I, I feel like is the most bothered? Is people who are like, I'm not mad. I'm not bothered. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Edgler with the Heart of Gold, Mr. Robert Thompson. Hey, that's the bus. It's me. What? I said What'd nuts to butts. It rhymes. Nuts to butts. I thought you said up the butt. It's me. And I was like, I'm not talking yeah, about Charizard, right. but we are talking about that's Pokemon. Your new, so. That's your new intro. All right, man. That could be anything as long as it rhymes. <laughs> Keep your on your toes. And, and finally, we've got the esports dynamo, Miss Peggy Ford. Hey, me. Again. <laughs> Again. Yeah. I am still here on the show that I am a part of. Yeah, I'm here. She never left What's from last up? week. No, I was just sitting here, which is sadly accurate. All right, moving on. <laughs> I've been sitting at my desk quietly waiting for the next chance to interact with people. <laughs> this is my one chance so, a week. Uh, welcome back to another episode of the Video Game Pals. Uh, Sean is obviously not here with us this week, unfortunately, but um, he had some personal stuff he had to deal with, but he'll be back next week. So uh, we've got we've got a show. It's uh, it's not quite as jam packed as the last two weeks, so I can't, I can't, I'm not gonna lie to you and be like, oh, it's as good as the Nintendo Directly. It's not, but it's gonna be a good show. We're gonna have a good time. It's gonna be, it's gonna be worth the time. You know what? That it's was... better because I'm here. That so. that's Andy is here. That was such a sell. Like, way to go. You should be in marketing with that. Yeah, with that show. Well, hey, Great. listen. That's why I'm great at marketing. It's like, I'm honest. I'm going to tell you honestly what you're going to get on this no, show. No, no, no. That was a cap of my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I was being sarcastic. Well, I know. I mean, I'm just saying, hey, people in the modern era, they appreciate honesty. They don't need some brand lying to them. It's like, I'm going to tell you what you're going to get. You're going to get a quality show. Okay? It's, it's, no, it's no, the no, best no, 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 no. You never said done. it was going to be quality. You just said it was going to be a show. Period. It's gonna be a show. Done. It's gonna be a show. All right. Well, so let's let's get into that show, uh, which we are gonna kick off by reading a little bit of reader mail. Ooh. Actually, um, so this one uh, came. We got it last week, but we missed it uh, like right before we did the show. But uh, this one comes from our pal Tyler Olson over from the Longbox Podcast, who writes in uh, about the episode that um, Peggy Thompson and Sean did about uh, horror games. Cool. So he writes in and says. Hey, Tyler here. For me, the Sander Cohen stage of Bioshock. Is it Sander? Sander Cohen, that's what I'm... I'm fucking reading it like it's like a goddamn Bloodborne level no, or Sander something. Cohen. Sander Cohen. The Sander Cohen uh, stage of Bioshock is one of the most horrifying and memorable horror game moments for me. Special shout out to House of the Dead 2 for the Sega Dreamcast that I put way too many hours in... Uh, uh, in too, way too many hours on as a kid. Uh, and then he said, P.S. Thanks to Sean for helping me out my rant, my round out. Jesus Christ, I can't read this morning. Thanks to Sean for helping me round out my final two team league matches in Heroes of the Storm. Now I can ride a nice elemental boar into a poorly timed team fight and throw the game in style. Nice. Nice. Congratulations. <laughs> GG. PPS, Tentacle Gang Gang, which is a long box thing. So go check out the long box if you're a comics reader. And also go check out the comics pals, I guess, if you're a comics reader. Do that one first. <laughs> Don't but. do it. There be Pete's there. <laughs> Yo, fuck you. It's a trap. <laughs> it's a trap. You know what? You guys are garbage. Yeah. That's all I have to oh, say about that. You guys can see my alter ego, Phil Casey, and me from the future, Kale Ward. 
<laughs> All of the comics pals that aren't Pete and Sean are me. Oh, what about Marco? I'll figure something out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll figure out a way to become him. That's 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 creepy, Andy. I'm not gonna lie to you. He wears Hello. people's skins in our in his spare time, you know. It's okay. Jeez. What? That's what it sounds right, like. Well, You're taking over everyone's bodies. You're a freaking pod person now. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, yeah. I mean, that's that's what it sounds like. But uh, thanks for writing in, Tyler. Uh, so remember, if you want to write into the show, let us know what you're playing this week or let us know about uh, what you're thinking about any of the episodes we've done uh, previously. You can write us an email at the uh, videogamepals at gmail.com. You can also follow our sister show at the Comics Pals, wherever your social media is sold, and uh, stay up to date with all the cool stuff we're doing here at the Pals Network. So, um, you know, and here's the part where I'm going to ask you to help us out. If you're an audio listener, we'd really appreciate it if you guys could give us a like on your platform of choice. And if you really want to do us a favor, you can head over to um, iTunes, a.k.a. Apple Podcasts now, and a, uh, and give us a rating. You know, um, we're currently a fi- – what the hell are you doing, Peggy? I didn't, I didn't do anything. For you, for you audio listeners, I'm pretty sure Peggy's house just like a, a UFO might have just shot by. That was that's, pretty cool. That's what it looked like on our end. My dad figured out how to do it on the app. <laughs> <laughs> so he's just changing the colors of the lights so in your house. He did that this, he did that this morning. App? I got a text that was just like, I told him like, oh, I'm recording. He goes, wow, that's really cool. But now it's cool. It's magenta. And it turned magenta. <laughs> and I was like, dad. Yo, so all right. Video listeners or yeah, watchers, whatever. Video viewers. If Peggy's having a sweet rave party, that's why. Um, but yeah, so um, we're a five-star rated podcast over there, so please go help us out. Um, give us whatever rating you think we deserve. And uh, last but not least, if you are a YouTube viewer, you can do us a solid by liking this video, uh, subscribing to the channel if you haven't already, and uh, as always, share it with your friends. You know, let, uh, let your pals know that we're out here and that you enjoy the show that we're doing. And uh, we've got some really, really cool stuff coming on, uh, on YouTube this week. Uh, me and Thompson are going to be bringing back our daily Let's Play show, Pals Play. So um, the first two episodes should already be up by this point. And we're playing uh, Kirby, what is it, Dream Star Allies? Star or? Allies, my gosh. Star Pete. Allies. I keep forgetting the name of the game. There are no <laughs> dreams, Pete. And it's like the That's fourth true. time you forgot the name, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so go check that out and um, you know go support us over there. We'd really appreciate it. Even if you're an audio listener. I know like a lot of our listeners come from SoundCloud. But just go bounce over to our YouTube channel and give us a subscribe. It's really uh, a huge help. So please go do that. Uh, so with that, it's time for the random question of the week. Yeah, pretty good. Thanks. Yeah, uh, like halfway through that one, I was like, "Well, this is a good one." You know, I, really <laughs> got, I really got some volume on this one. <laughs> one day we'll find it uh, to be a stock sound. We will. We will get you the perfect <laughs> scream, and you're gonna be like, "That's it for the rest of our lives." Yeah, like, one day I'll just do it perfectly. I, th- I think what I want to do is I want to just take a day where I'm going to just record myself doing it, like, a hundred times, figure out the best one, apply a bunch of effects. We'll just make it a sound bite. <laughs> Should, like, an Ableton mixer and just, like, press the button? Yeah, I mean, I got I got the uh, stream deck that Elgato made, so I feel like, I feel like we could use that, you know? Um, but, yeah, we'll produce the show off the air, as Sean likes to say. This is why I need him. <laughs> so, um, our random question of the week is another thing. That comes from the long box. You motherfuckers, you thought I wouldn't do it, long box, but, I, but guess what? This week's random question comes from our pals, Matt Murphy and Tyler Olson, who ask, What video game related soundbite is your sex noise? <laughs> Very on brand for our pals over at the long box. Um, so, uh, I, I, you know, I've given it a lot of thought since I listened to their episode. This comes real quick. This comes from episode, uh, what is it? 
96 of their episode of their podcast Nochi. So go check them out if you like NSFW comics talk. But um, so you guys, anybody, any any immediate thoughts? I really wished that I had seen what the random question was because I would not have consented to this whatsoever. <laughs> um, just, just pick something. Uh, you know, I've got two, but I'm not sure which one's better for me. I don't know. What do you got? Well, um, every time Wario does like wah 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 like that thing, you know, <laughs> I like that. Um, and also, I like the edgy That's sounds of like I think X two or X three when Zero uh, swings his sword. He's like, <gasps> and it's like it's very uh, emphatic, but it's also really edgy. So, it's, uh, I, I like that one a lot. But Wario's is is pretty disgusting, so I might have to go with that. Honestly, sticking with the uh, the Mario theme, I'm gonna go with. Um, when Mario dies in Mario Odyssey, he's like long sad. <laughs> I like that one a lot. <laughs> well, uh, Nintendo for, for, gives great sex noises, we've learned. So <laughs> it's all Nintendo. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, for for me, like I, I or no, Peggy, do you want to just skip yours? I'm gonna, or? I'm gonna refrain from from. Okay, yeah. that's fine. Uh, for me, like I had to go with uh, with with Link's like you know the upbeat oh, from yeah. Smash Bros. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense you do spin around a lot in helicopter I've, I've seen yes right yeah yeah wait does that mean you've watched me have sex is that what you're saying Thompson I've seen a lot I've seen you spin around a lot I mean the, the astral plane reveals all <laughs> oh my god that's a great question so, uh, though yeah was right it? thanks more like was this it? please thank you Tyler no, thank moving you moving along Absolutely and pretending this not. never existed yeah <laughs> So remember, if you guys want to write in with your own random question of the week, uh, you can hit us up at the Video Game Pals or just leave it in the comments. And um, yeah, so if you have any problems with that one, you can go take it up with with Matt and Tyler. <laughs> yeah, well, what's their email? No. You can't incriminate me <laughs> That enough, is uh, so. the longbox at gmail.com. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, I guess that means it's time for... The news. The news. We talking about the news. The news. Hey. All right. That was perfect so, <laughs> we've got we got six items on the news list this week, and uh, kicking things off with what's clearly the biggest story this week: Jeff Goldblum <laughs> is set to reprise his role as Doctor Ian Malcolm as he guides players through Jurassic World Evolution. So, will he just is he going to be like the tutorial voice? I th- I think he's going to be like all the menus and stuff too, and like I think he's going to just narrate the whole game. Yeah, okay. Like, so like Ian Malcolm's going to be narrating the whole game. Is it just going to be like this is a bad idea? You really shouldn't be doing it. Why are you uh, doing it? No, this? no, no. This whole enterprise is uh bad. <laughs> but Andy, I mean, gamers will uh uh find a way. <laughs> I think my favorite part about right, so this is great, right? Like this is hilarious. I I love that they got him to do this, and like I was already excited for this game. This is nice little icing on top. But uh, I thought the like one of the funniest things about it was literally the first word that he says is "uh," like he's like, oh, I'm just yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if you guys remember, but probably like twenty, even twenty. 5 30 episodes ago at this point i invited jeff goldblum onto the podcast and i think this is the perfect time to reprise that offer so if you guys oh have you know six degrees of goldblum in your life and anyone wants to connect me with him uh please invite him on here uh he's one of my you know inspirations in life and i love this man and he's now <laughs> just, voicing this game like it's gonna be perfect so jeff goldblum if you're out every- there if you're listening please please come on i love Jurassic yeah, everybody Park. Every- 
Wasn't he Every on go- Law and Order? Wasn't he, he on the Law and Order? <laughs> he might have been, was but he? he wasn't on the Comics Pals or the Video Game Pals. Either one doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't care. You can come on Pals Play. I don't give a shit. Criminal Intent. He was on Law and Order. Criminal Intent. He was the one after the OG cast. Like he stepped up to be the top two. But yeah, sorry. Continue. <laughs> I would honestly rather have him on on Pals Play than any other show. Yeah, I would love yeah. To just do a let's play because we can of play this game. Of this of this game. Yeah, with yeah, him. that would be fun. And then you can comment on it. and He'd be like, "I don't, I don't like the way I, I sound there," you know, <laughs> or something. He but, could, you know. All right, but real fun. quick, just I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you you, you pals at home. Go tweet at Jeff Goldblum. Blue him to come on the show. Please well, see what we can get. Please. Uh, so Jeff gave the game ten out of ten gold blooms. Ten gold blooms out of ten gold blooms, which is which he which he confirmed is his highest rating. So I feel like you got to get hyped for this game. So remember, uh, it's coming this summer, PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Uh, I will definitely be picking it up. How many gold blooms is it worth? Like, is the exchange rate like one to one? You know, I mean, is ten gold blooms only I, worth one point from IGN? We don't know. I mean, I, I'd imagine <laughs> it's even higher than that. It's like, like gold. It's yeah, it's, highest it's like standard. Him. It's worth its weight in gold. <laughs> Uh, so moving right along, um, Shadow of the Tomb Raider uh, has been confirmed to come out this fall and drop no its first teaser trailer. <laughs> oh. You mean that game that we that was leaked like you know what a year ago? At yeah, this point? Like, basically. Like a year ago, because a dev was working on it on the subway. <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah, right. It's like what a bonehead move. It's like, oh, nobody's gonna just like who's gonna take a picture of my laptop in a public like. It's like, dude, come on, you're in San Francisco. Like, <laughs> I'm I'm so impressed by the fact that he's able to do work on the subway. Yeah, <laughs> that's a big one. Like, yeah. Look, you got to meet wow. those deadlines somehow. It's true. That crunch, man. It's hard. But uh, Squeenix has revealed that the climactic finale of Lara's origin story will be available on September 14th. Uh, it's going to be coming to PC, PS4, and Xbox One day one, so no exclusivity, no exclusivity this time around. Um, and uh, they promised a full reveal of the game to come on April 27th. So there's like not really too much to go on here, but uh, I know Andy is like a huge fan of these games, so I'm, I'm interested to hear what you have to say. Oh, yeah. Um... I'm excited. I was a real hype on the little tease video we got. Um, it looks good. I'm not crazy about the like overarching. Oh, gotta save the world from an evil organization plot. But like, yeah, I'm all about raiding tombs <laughs> and uh, I don't know. Going back to what looks like South America, which is the iconic Tomb Raider setting in my book, is like a okay with me. Nice, cool. Yeah. So I'm my my one concern here is just like the release window. Like, I I worry that maybe it's, like, or not that I worry. I hope that it's far enough away from Red Dead Redemption 2. You know, because, like, that game's going to be a fucking vacuum. Yeah. I think it is. I think Red Dead doesn't come out to what, the end of October? I don't I don't remember if it's the end of October or the middle of October, actually. Let me let me look that up. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I guess, like, a month out is probably fine. Even still, I, yeah, I don't, it's like, that's, uh, Andy? Uh, Red Dead and like your Call of Duty, your whatever the Battlefield content is this year, mm-hmm. will fight for the fall. But like, it's October twenty sixth, so so it's like legitimately it'll have like about a month. Yeah, I think that's plenty of time. Yeah, I I think these kinds of games are specific more so. Like if you like Red Dead, you like Red Dead. You know, I mean, I think Tomb Raider has a very niche group that's been revived heartily, and I think like. I don't know if it's going to be impacted so much, you know, a month away, especially. 
I feel like you know I never liked Tomb Raider until the new one got released, like a couple of the first you know these of these trilogy games, and like that was phenomenal. Now I'm hooked. So um, they keep coming out any sort of that level of quality, I'm in. Yeah, but you know I'm just concerned. I guess that like I think they're very different kinds of games, yeah, but like they're they're both open world games that require a lot of your time. And if you're like yeah, I think a month right? is fair yeah, though like, between them. I don't. Eh, for like open like now that I'm like more so Tomb thinking about like it, not that open world though. It's open world ish though. Like it's it's like a big game that takes a lot of time. I think right? it's, like it's enough to qualify like for it. Asking like is a month too too small? And I I think in this case it probably is for for that like gap in between the games for it to yeah. really be effective. So yeah, no, I see what Pete's saying. Like I, to build off that, like I I feel like. Um, you know, it's one of those things where, like, I can see a narrative emerging where maybe you didn't play the first two Tomb Raider games and, like, you've heard good things about them, but you didn't play the first two and Red Dead's coming out in a month and you have $60 to spend on a game this fall that you're going to play for two or three months and you're like, well, I'll just wait for Red Dead. You know? That's fair, too. I understand that. I don't yeah. know if that's going to, like, kill it, though. That might be a minuscule amount of people in my book, but... And, like, it might be okay because, like, it could always, like, find, you know, it might get that second surge on, like, Black Friday, like, mm. at Christmas. Like, I'm not saying that this is going to, like, kill the game, but, like, we've seen, like, Call of Duty move its date to get away from Red Dead Redemption. Like, Red Dead is going to be a vacuum, you know, like, in the same way that, like, Zelda was and, like, Horizon got swept up in it. And, like, I'm wondering if that same thing is going to happen here, where this game's going to be really great, and we're going to come to the Game of the Year thing, and Andy will be the only one who played it, and he'll be saying, it was one of the best games this year, and, like, no one's talking about it, and, like, I'm, I'm afraid that's going to happen again, you know? Like, I don't want that, because I, you know, I, but I'm part of the problem, you know? It's like, I didn't play the last game when it came to PS4, and Andy's been trying to pitch it on me for, like, years, but it's like, old game is old, and I'm trying to play the new shit. Tomb and- Raiders before RDR, right? That's that's the release cycle. Yeah, I think yeah. Tomb Raider's the middle of September. Yeah, I think that's definitely going to help as opposed to it being switched. Like if RDR yeah. was first and then a month later Tomb Raider, I think it'd be over for them. But uh, yeah, maybe maybe this is enough for like people to be like, oh, RDR doesn't come out until next month, so might as well have something to play in between the two. But like sixty bucks for a week is is sorry for I a mean- month is kind of sucky. You do have like six weeks because it comes out on September fourteenth, so it's like I, yeah. that. Mu- oh, that might, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like that's a little longer. Uh-huh. So it's like, I, like I do feel like there are a lot of people that will buy both of these games, uh-huh. and I, I and that's fine. But like, I wonder if like you know, like Thompson, right? Like you're somebody who you're always saying it's like I only can buy like about a game a quarter if I'm lucky. Yeah, you know, usually. and like. Are you going to get Tomb Raider instead of Red Dead Redemption 2? It's like, I'm not going to get not. either one, actually. I'm going to wait till there's a sale. I mean, like, that's just what it comes down to, you know? Sure. Um, and that's the thing is, I think that's probably significant, though. Like, the fact that there are so many people who are going to wait and just try to pick up, you know, this game at Black Friday or something like that will will probably make a big difference. So, um, best of luck. Uh, I'm definitely... Looking forward to it, actually, because even though I missed the last one, if this one is as good, then I'll, you know, I'll definitely try to give it a shot. Maybe. Can't wait for that April 27th full reveal, just for some reason a month and a half away. Maybe the new movie will yeah. drive hype, too. Never know. No, <laughs> I don't think so. You don't think the movie looks good? <laughs> I mean, I thought it looked okay, but I th- I've heard some advanced reviews that are, like, very bad. Uh. I've Most of the reviews I've read are, like, nothing. Like... <laughs> It's fine. It's not offensive, but it's like it's not good. I, I've That's heard right. that. I, I think it's like sitting at like a 
50 or something on like Rotten Tomatoes based on some of the pre stuff, yeah, which like, is it's like out now. Oh, it is really? really? not making money. Yeah. Oh, jeez, I had oh, no idea. See? That's not a good sign. I mean, I you work, work at a movie theater. I don't know when anything comes out, though. I mean, they don't tell me, and I only get to check yeah. every Wednesday. So. Out now, they put it out against the the first weekend of the March Madness tournament, which is a sign of no confidence in a movie. Okay, well, I mean, that's people don't go to the movies pretty this bad. weekend. Oh, that's great. That's, that's good to know. Thanks. <laughs> well, <laughs> better luck next time, I guess. Um, <laughs> so uh, moving right along. Um, and I'm upset because I was hoping Sean could comment on this one. But uh, The Witcher's Geralt is coming to Soul Calibur VI, which is something. <laughs> uh, Bandai Namco and CD Projekt Red have confirmed that um, Geralt and a uh, stage called Kermorin? Morhen? Yeah, I think Kermorin is how you say it. Kermorin, yeah. yeah. Uh, will be coming to Soul Calibur VI. Geralt will be keeping his, quote, signature fighting style by using a combination of swordplay, ability-enhancing potions, and combat magic. And dodge so, rolls, and dodge rolls. Um, I, I uh, we've got you know links down below if you want to check out the video for yourself, like we always do. Um, you know this is uh, I'm not excited about this. Like I'm not a Witcher fan. It's like kind of disappointing. I was hoping it would be somebody that I was you know hyped for. It's no Darth Vader, that's for sure. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm not saying Witcher's <laughs> like, a bad game in any way, but I just don't think uh, I want Geralt in my game, regardless, just because it's like like. Eh. <laughs> I feel like he's a good <clears throat> excuse me. I feel like he's a good fit, but like if this is the guy, yeah, like this is the you know, it's like yeah. no, that sucks. Like that's kind of disappointing. I don't know. It's like we, we on this podcast have never been big Witcher pals. I yeah. don't think. But like Witcher 3 obviously was huge and like lots of people connected with that game in a real way. Yeah, that's very fair. And with like the tradition of the Soul Calibur guest character, I think Geralt makes sense in that role. Yeah, I mean this time. Also, his moves look really cool. Like if you saw the the gameplay trailer, like he he's very he uh, looks awesome. Yeah, he's very adaptive, and I think he's going to be very interesting for uh for the actual like people who who play it. Uh, yeah, people who play it should be like really hyped about this because he looks like he's going to be a very versatile or have a very versatile skill set. It's just a matter of like I've never played The Witcher either, but like the like telekinesis thing that he did and then like the <laughs> yeah. the like sword play I was just like this is cool this is really banging like I could absolutely see myself manning him but I don't play those so I won't but like you know it, it looked really cool so like people who are into it like get hyped because it looks like it's gonna be a very a very awesome addition to the game yeah, and like visually, he looks really cool. Um, in the article that uh, I linked you down below from GameSpot, um, they had a quote from uh, one of the like I think it was you know like a PR person for for CD Projekt. They were talking about how they had given them like most like a ton of original assets from Witcher Three, so they could like make Geralt look you know exactly the the same as he does in the game, and uh, and really like get the way he moves down and everything right. Nice. So it seems like they put a lot of work into it. So if you're a fan of The Witcher, like every reason to be excited we're just not so sorry <laughs> um but yeah so moving right along um revamp progression is coming to star wars battlefront 2 uh, yeah oh, i forgot so, about that <laughs> right it's like remember that game um so i'm gonna i'm gonna read their their post real quick just because i i want to get uh your thoughts on this one so uh in a post called revamp progression is coming soon EA writes, 
Since release, we've been hard at work making changes based on your feedback to create a better game for all our players. Today, we're happy to announce that Star Wars Battlefront 2 progression update, which includes a complete redesign of the in-game progression system, which will be begin rolling out on March 21st. There are also some additional changes coming to the cosmetics in the game, but we'll get to that in a bit. With this update, progression is now linear. Star cards or any other item impacting gameplay will only be earned through gameplay and will not be available for purchase. Instead, you'll earn experience points for the classes, hero characters, and ships that you choose to play in multiplayer. If you earn enough experience points to gain a level for that unit, you'll receive one skill point that can be used to unlock or upgrade uh, eligible star card you'd like to equip. So, sounds like they addressed basically all the problems there that people were complaining about. I know, specifically, that was a lot of the shit that was bothering you when you played the beta, Andy. Was that, like, you were getting shit for characters you weren't playing, and, you know, it definitely seemed like trying to funnel you towards a loot box. Um, So, they say that you'll already, you'll keep everything you've already earned and unlocked. Um, So, you know, if you've already been playing the game, no problem there. Uh, And then they say crates will no longer include star cards and cannot be purchased. So crates are earned by logging in daily, completing milestones, and uh, through time challenges. Inside of these crates, you'll find credits or cosmetic items such as emotes, victory poses, but nothing that impacts gameplay. Again, a solid move. Probably should have been how it was in the first place. Uh, Starting in April, you'll be able to get appearances directly through in-game credits or crystals. The first new appearances are coming soon, meaning you'll be able to grab new looks for your heroes and troops. So new skins is what we're talking about. Um, And you can either get them with credits, which are earned in-game, or crystals, which are um, available to purchase in-game and through first-party stores. So that's like their new currency, and you can only use that on cosmetic items now. Or maybe that's not a new currency. I don't know, but that's the, you know, you get it. Um, so these changes are a major step in how we continue to prove the core of the game and add new content as there's a lot more to come. In addition to continued balance patches, we will also add a number of modes, Star Wars Battlefront 2 in the coming months, offering several standout brand new ways to play, um, including the limited time jetpack cargo, um, which they say is radically different than everything you've ever experienced, but don't tell us what it's about. So that's rolling out on March 21st. Um, so I, I wanted to, to bring this up and read what they wrote here because, uh, I'm really interested to see where this goes because I think like Star Wars Battlefront 2 obviously like was the subject of a lot of fucking controversy, right? And like it was a really easy target and they continued to fuck up and uh and the game suffered for it, you know? And it also like its single player experience didn't really deliver to a lot of people. Like it was definitely a tortured game. Um however, you know, a decent number of people did buy it, and I I wonder if this matters. Is this too little too late because of the narrative around the game? Is it possible for them to kind of renew interest in it from, you know, like, tie-ins to, like, stuff like Solo and sh- shit like that? Like, where do you guys land on this? So I'm really annoyed because I was going to say, in the words of JoJo, it is, in fact, too little too late, but then you said that, <laughs> and I'm just annoyed. No, uh, I think for the most... I think for... for you know, it is too little too late. Well, I don't think it's too little, but it is definitely too late. Um, just because, like, I feel like the people who want to play Battlefront are already playing Battlefront. Um, I don't think, or rather, I think because uh, with these changes, if these happened sooner, a lot more people would be inclined to jump on the the, uh, the bandwagon. But because yeah. it's just so long, there's other games that you can play that didn't screw you over in the first place like i i like what they're doing here 
but I don't like that it's so long after the controversy, so long after people were like, hey, fix your shit. And they were like, no, we're not. We're just going to keep this for another couple months. Like, it's that, like three or four months out. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. that just makes it seem like it's like it, to me, it looks like they're saying, uh, OK, we got enough money out of this or oh, we're really not going to get any money out of this. So might as well just do what the fans want. At least that that's what it looks like in my in like my view where it's like that that's the only reason why I could see this being a uh what's it called a thing so late after everything. I mean, I think there's there's there might be something to that, but like I feel like we've also seen this happen with other games too where they come out and flounder and then they pivot, you know, and like yeah, they but I think like Destiny like Diablo 3. Destiny came to mind as well. Um yeah. but I think they at least from what I remember, they had a little bit faster of a response or maybe maybe it was i mean i came in during not oryx the one before that house of wolves um yeah so like i guess i mean i guess i played that too so maybe it's not completely dead but like i don't know that's that's my thing is like i feel like especially when you look at some of ubisoft's games Mm. right that like i know i've even corrected some of you guys were like oh yeah like for honor was like a failure and it's like it's not like it's got a it just got a dedicated server you know, like, it found its audience, you know? And it's, like, fucking... What's the most recent Tom Clancy game that they just did, too? Um, um, Wildlands? The Division? Uh, Division, but the... What's the other I game mean, that they Siege, have that, it's that I'm thinking old, of? old, though, at this point. What? Yeah, I think it's Ghost Recon Wildlands. Is the one you're That's what I'm about. thinking of, probably, is, is Wildlands. There's so many fucking shooters, it's hard to keep track of them. But, like, that's the thing, is they have all these games that, like... If you're not playing them, you don't think about them, and you think that they've kind of come and gone, but there are, like, millions of people playing them every day. Yeah, that's and, like, fair. You know, it's like, I wonder if that's a possibility here, but, like, I the narrative is so different, mm-hmm. you know? But it's like, you think about For Honor. Like, I remember when For Honor came out, everyone was like, you can't play it because the servers are garbage, and, like, this game fucking sucks, you know? And, like, it was a waste of money. And, like, they turned it around. And, mm-hmm. like, uh, I, you know... I wish Sean was here to comment on the timeline a little bit more, but um, like I said, with Diablo 3, like Diablo 3 came out and it was like totally dominated by microtransactions because they had the the shop where you could pay for loot and it broke the whole game and like everybody hated it and Diablo 3 was trash and whatever and then they went away for a while and they basically re-released the game, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But they're, you know, Blizzard with a good name on them and it and it was a shorter cycle than, than this. I mean, they, they went dark for four months almost no, with EA. So I mean, it took just, longer than that for them to fix Diablo. Well, yeah, because it? they, I mean, they didn't immediately say we're going to fix it, but I'm saying like once they realized it wasn't mm. working, they, they got on that shit right away and they were telling about it. Sure. Like, so I agree with Peggy though, the, three, four-month cycle of not hearing about this crap when we knew they wanted to fix it, to me, felt like, well, we sucked out enough microtransaction money now, you know? Uh, Who cares? Yeah, right. <laughs> they turned off microtransactions, though, when the game released. Like, Oh, they have been on? I thought they turned them back on, though, at this point. No, I don't think so. I think so, they've like, been The off. game was out for, like, a week, and they were like, we, we understand we fucked up. We're, like, shutting everything down. So yeah. you're telling me they had this thing running with no microtransactions and the busted system? For the yeah, whole yeah. time, and people still yeah, play it. Was it. Just that like, sucks even more. I think I think this demonstrates that in some people's eyes, EA can do no right. Exactly. Okay, so yeah, I mean, here's the thing, man. Like this update sounds great. You know, I I love Star Wars. I've haven't had a good you know shooter in a while, and I love the Battlefront and Field series. And you know, like at its core, you know, and th- this looks fun. You know, it looked fun. Just everything about the shit we talked about sucked. And like, I'd love to go back into it now, but it is really late into the game you know 
And I know that they said you keep your upgrades and stuff, and that's not necessarily going to kill me, but it's like, I don't really want to... I don't know if I... I mean, like, I want to play this game, but I don't know if I want to go in, you know, March, April of this year when I'm still trying to catch up from a couple things, you know? Um, it's, I don't think it's too little, but I do... I really I agree with Peggy on this. I think it's too late, you know? I mean, hmm. they have their audience. I know that, but, like, I, if they'd done this, like, even even a month ago, you know, I would have been more inclined to be like, hey, let's, you know, let's jump back in or jump in, rather. Um, I, I think there's something to that as well. Like the timing of it isn't great. Or, like or if it said had something like, been oh, at the beginning coming, of it, you know, like, you know. Well, I, I, they did say it was coming. No, but like, I mean, like a month ago, and... be like, oh, we're really close, you know, or something. It was yeah, just like they're but... dark for months on end. You can't, you can't do that and expect. I don't know, man. Like, like I think to Andy's point, though, if they had done that, then we would have been like, oh, well, why didn't they do it a month ago? You know, no, I like... would have given them fair due. I mean, the fact is that they waited way too. You say long. that. <sighs> I would have asked why it wasn't it a month ago. I'll, I'll be straight up. I will be straight up. Pete, I'm one of the hardest people on most companies, and specifically Ubisoft. I give tons of shit, but I always love when they come around and do it the right thing, and that's why I respect them. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wouldn't have said that. Like, it's it's just what it is. Like, it sucks that they waited that much longer, you know, and, and didn't say a damn thing. I don't know. But <laughs> I would just hope the game, you know, like, I wanted it to be, you know, uh, it was it was an apology for the first one they said basically. Um, I wanted it to live <laughs> it up to not. that, <laughs> and this is a step in that direction. So it's one positive thing that they got going on. You know, maybe if there's a huge sale for it, like half off or something, you know, maybe I'll get it cheap and come back into. You know, I'd love to try it out at least with this new system. Yeah, I was excited for this game uh, before all that, so we'll see. But uh, Andy, what's your take on this? Yeah, I mean, I I do think realistically it is probably too little too late. Like, it's not going to bring people back. Um, At least not significant number of them. Not not in significant numbers unless, like, they manage a Blizzard-esque pivot. But uh, people like to hate EA no matter what they do. So yeah. they don't have the goodwill or the, yeah. the fanboys that Blizzard does. So, yeah, no, I, I think that's really true. Like they, there is a contingency of Blizzard the fans. opportunity to pivot. Yeah, yeah. There's like not a, a a base of EA fans that are like out there defending them. You know, yeah. like they, that just is not a thing. Correct. And like, I would like to see this game do well, but I don't want to, you know, go out and pick it up if nobody else is, and it's gonna be dead servers. Yep, which is a huge problem, and that's like. That's the thing is people will see this and say, oh, that's nice, maybe. But nobody wants to be the first one to buy it and like risk putting $60 going into a game that's been out for four months and is dead now. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a really realistic set of like problems where like, they have a real uphill battle if they want to be able to like make this game work again. Yep. So we'll see. Uh, best of luck, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> So um, uh, let's let's do a little quick uh, quick fire news before we get into our main topic. We've got a couple um, a couple smaller announcements, but uh, Xbox has announced plans for their quote biggest E three showing ever. So uh, it, this is a quote from their like you know press release on Xbox.com uh, in collaboration with the. Uh, the Entertainment Software Association, which is the ESA, um, the organizers of E3, we're excited to announce that Xbox will be taking over the Microsoft Theater, a perfectly situated space located in the heart of LA Live and across the street from the Los Angeles Convention Center. 
Uh, so the Microsoft Theater will be home to the official E3 events like the Xbox E3 2018 briefing, which they've announced here is going to be on June 10th, 2018 at 1 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. So what's that for us? Uh, three hours. Four? four? Three hours, yeah. Yeah, it's Oops. four. So it's 4 p.m. Um, and then they're going to also have uh, various Xbox Fan Fest activities, hands-on gameplay and demos for all E3 attendees and more. Not only does the Microsoft Theater allow us to centralize our Xbox presence at E3, but its size enables us to include even more fans and partners in the Xbox E3 2018 briefing than ever before. So that's cool. Um, and then they said that uh, in addition to the Microsoft Theater, they're also going to have a meaningful presence at the LACC. So they're going to have uh, they're going to have like their regular booth on the floor as well. In addition to this super huge like Xbox space, um, and then they said that they're going to have a, uh, a a new booth that's completely dedicated to Mixer, which is their like Twitch competitor. Um, where you'll be able to play, stream, and interact with games and catch the latest E3 news live through the entire week. So, um, that's interesting. I don't know exactly what they mean by, like, you can play, stream, and interact. So, it's like, are you going to be able to, like, stream, like, E3 games on your Twitch channel or something? If you, like, sign up for time or, I don't uh, know. It's on your Mixer On your channel, Mixer but, channel, yeah. yeah. That's, right, right, right. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, that's kind of cool. Like, I could see that being a, a definite appeal for some of the uh you know like they've let the general public and everything in now and like you know there are more um like small time you know people there so it's like that would be that could be a cool thing for you to do if you're like a small time streamer and you're like oh i'm gonna go stream this brand new game that everybody wants to see footage of and you know check it out yeah um so that's cool i could i could definitely see that working out for them in a big way um so overall uh, what are your reactions to this uh announcement I I like it. I think that um what was I say? Oh, I think that much like EA, um Microsoft can do no right in some people's eyes, so I'm sure there's people out there spinning this to be bad. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> no, they, sure. they want to hide from Sony, gotta get out of the convention center, but I like it. I think that, <laughs> That's that's deep. <laughs> that's funny. Like, uh yeah, no go ahead. I, I think it's a good idea. I do think that um, I t- I'm going to take them at face value on this, like, biggest ever showing. Um, I'm hoping they show lots of cool first-party games. I think that taking over the theater is a cool move, and I love that they're just letting you get hands-on with the games. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, this is, like, honestly very similar to what PlayStation does at, like, PSX. You know, like, Xbox doesn't, like, have an event like this. So, like, positioning themselves to be, like, the top dog at E3 is, like, really, like, a bold move. Yeah. Yeah. And I... Oh, sorry, Peggy. Sorry, I was just gonna say, I'm, I'm still a little concerned about Mixer, though. Um, it's a cool concept, but I don't... I'm... I don't... I'm... I don't know how I feel about it, but, uh... Everything else, though, looks really, really awesome, and, like... You know, they'll be top dog at E3 when they're technically not even in the E3 building. It'll be great. No. Uh, but yeah, no, it looks really well, cool. Well, they'll be on the floor, too. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> that doesn't help with the... That doesn't help with the wording, Pete. But no, uh, it looks it looks really cool. And it should be a lot of fun for people there. And like like Andy said, to be top dog at E3s is definitely, uh, definitely a good idea for Microsoft to have. What about you, Thompson? I love everything about this. Um, I, I've been very excited for Microsoft announcements for the last year or so. Like, 
I don't know an Xbox right now, but they have been really knocking out of the park with what they've been doing and some of the services they've been offering have been really cool. And uh, I'm excited to see what they got, you know, because E3 is big, obviously. Um, if they can somehow become top dog, like you guys are saying, in, in Nintendo and PlayStation's, you know, dominance right now, that would be rad, you know, and, and specifically given people uh, hands-on experience with some of these games, speaks to the confidence i think that they they know that they got something on their hands you know and i'm excited to see that you know i've i've mentioned many times i've toyed with the idea of getting an xbox um yeah i really do want to get one at some point if there's something that can really pull me there and maybe this will do it so yeah maybe this is where you get the announcement yeah and that's you know part of what excites me too you know that the keeps you every i I think you know healthy competition is good for everybody and we've mentioned before like a lazy playstation or lazy sony you know can cause problems so um, lazy sony gives us the ps3 at launch right and not the ps3 at the end of launch where it was fucking amazing so like i'm not saying they're there but microsoft you know could put a fire under their ass for a little bit which would be great you know be great for everybody so yeah good to see and that's that's what's so exciting to me about Xbox right now is like they're just hungry. Yeah. And like they're they're doing crazy shit yeah. because they're hungry. And like real talk, I feel like as much as they've been trying to catch up with the PS4, I feel like the Switch is probably like really embarrassing to them of like where the Switch is like on track to sell like 20 million units by the end of this and year. It, and it's like yeah. that's like where Xbox is at like grand total. In the life cycle. Like not 20 million. Yeah. It's um they're like in the neighborhood of like between 30 and 40 million is where all the estimates are. Yeah, but and, how many uh, more years, you know, and, and additions right, and games that they've got in the library. And yeah, it's just, yeah, and it's like it's not unrealistic to think that the Switch will catch up and surpass them um, and like not not like – far away you know like if they do hit 20 mil by you know the end of this year i don't think it's unconceivable to think that they'll hit 30 million by the next year you know like obviously the sales will taper off a bit but it's like you got to think like smash is coming and pokemon hasn't come out on it yet and that's gonna be a big fucking system seller um you know so it's like i xbox needs to make moves like this and it's fucking awesome to see them doing it and like I'm I'm excited to see like like okay like what is your biggest E3 showing ever? Is that just because you're taking up the most space or because you're gonna really blow our hair back? And like Xbox does that a lot. Like I think Andy's right that a lot of people don't ever give them credit, but like there have been plenty of years where I felt like they had the stronger showing at E3, even if I was not going to play most of the games, just in terms of presentation and um and and like taking headlines, right? Like some of the pro-consumer moves that they've made over the years, um, like backwards compatibility, like trying to go for this streaming service, like I, I'm interested to see what else they're going to talk about for their platform in a way that I don't ever think about for Sony or, or Nintendo, you know? Like for them, it's always like, what games are they going to talk about? Right. You know, and Xbox needs to drum that up. Like they need to fucking get on track with their games and their, you know, first party exclusive or, or exclusive offerings. But uh I'm definitely excited to see what they what they have to bring to the table here. Uh, reveal an exclusive partnership with Nintendo that Smash Five will be launching entirely on the Xbox One and not on the Switch at all. JK, <laughs> Kappa, how mad would Sean be? Sean I mean... would rage <laughs> on camera. Don't tell him yet. <laughs> I would be mad. I, I would be fucking. Mad I don't want to buy an me. Xbox just for Smash. That's crazy. I've got a Switch. <laughs> like, come on. Sorry, right. should have, you know, 
got in with the reasonable expectation of Microsoft buying Smash Brothers. Yeah, yeah, totally, the totally reasonable. Sure. One. Yeah. Jesus Christ. All right, so moving right along. Uh, so Sega hosted a Sonic panel uh, at this year's South by Southwest, which was interesting, um, and uh, announced some exciting new content. I think for uh, for old school Sonic fans. So uh, Sonic Mania Plus is going to be coming out, which is uh, going to come like in the form of a, a physical release for the uh, the you know the game, which is going to come with some new content and swag. Uh, it's coming to all platforms except PC um, in uh, summer 2018, is what they said for uh, 30 bucks. Um, so the add-on is also going to be available as a digital add-on for a fee, um, which will add uh, two new characters: Mighty the Armadillo and Ray the Flying Squirrel, um, who've been in a couple of the like more obscure Sonic titles over the years. And then um, it's also going to include a new Encore mode, which will remix stages from the game. So you'll get to, like, kind of play them over with, you know, new layouts and everything. And then uh, they're going to be doing a four-player add-on to the game's existing competition uh, multiplayer mode. So that's cool. Um, And then if you're going to buy the physical copy, you'll get a holographic cover. And uh, it reverses to a, uh, like, a Sega Genesis-style cover. A word. And uh, it looks really fucking awesome. Yeah. Uh, we've got images down below if you guys want to click through and um, and check them out for yourselves. Uh, and then they also said that the uh, the the physical one's going to include like an old school game manual that's like a thirty two page art book. Um, or maybe it's not a game manual. I'm sorry. I think it's like actually like a separate full art book. But um, it, it's got you know all that kind of stuff. It's a coffee table book if you're into that sort of thing. Um, so it seems like a, a good value if you haven't um, picked up the game yet. Sonic Mania was uh, a lot of fun. So, um, seems like a good time to buy in. But Sonic was never good. <laughs> what? You gotta Listen. ask yourself what you're willing to put up with, and this answer is not this shit, so. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, Sonic Mania is good, dude. Um, I'm gonna make you play it, Tom. You, you've been saying it. that. I'm not touching that shit. Well, we're gonna, we're gonna stream no, it now. No, I'm gonna you're make you so do it. wrong. I like... You're so wrong about Sonic the Hedgehog. <sighs> Yeah, I just I don't care about Sonic anymore. <laughs> I'm so over Sonic, <laughs> <laughs> dude. Well, you better get over it because he's back, baby. Uh, Why are so the shortly 90s after so that, fucking popular all of a sudden? Like, what is this? Because everything's cyclical, and we got over the '80s obsession, and now we love the '90s. But I'm an old man now, kids. and this is where I grew up. And now you guys think it's cool? Like, what? <laughs> I also grew up. Yeah, it's Sonic where we grew up. No, just be like '90s not... in general, like you know. Yeah, I know. It's like that's how like trends work, Thompson. In a couple of years, we'll all be nostalgic for the early 2000s. God help us all. Will we? <laughs> I'm, I'm already nostalgic for the early 2000s, but that's a story for another podcast. Uh, so shortly after that, an, an, shortly after that announcement, no, that's Sega, crash. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Sega also offered a surprise. One more thing uh, about what is a new Sonic Racing game. You know they haven't come out and said that exactly, but uh, it's a Sonic Racing. You game. saw the R. Um, it's fine. You saw the R. Yeah. And they the broom broom. Yeah, they gave us a black silhouette. They lit up the R that you usually see in like the Sonic Racing. You can like kind of read that it says racing. There's like fucking cars fucking revving in the background. It's like. Okay, I think we know what we're getting here. Um, but they did confirm on the panel that it's, quote, not a sequel to any existing Sonic series. So I don't think it's going to be, like, a new Sonic R title. I think it's going to be, like, a brand new, um, you know, like, probably, you know, similar kind of deal, Mario Kart competitor. But um, it, it doesn't seem like it's going to be exactly the same as some of the stuff we've seen before. Sonic and Mario at the World Championships of Go-Kart Racing. <laughs> I mean, hey. I mean, that would honestly, like... 
I don't. I wouldn't want it to be called that. But uh, that's all I want <laughs> Nintendo to do with Mario Kart is like I want them to just make it Smash Kart. Like keep calling it Mario just, Kart, but just, just put all the Nintendo characters all in it. Other kart racing games. Yeah, just like yo, like can we just. You know, it's like, you already put Link and the Splatoon kids and the villagers. It's like, yo, like, let's just keep going. Like, just give me the DLC packs with tracks. I'll just fucking keep buying it. I don't give a fuck. Just inject that shit right in my veins. Yeah, just like, now give me Crash, since you're getting Crash on the Switch. Yo, that'd be tight. Whatever. Let's do it. Mario Kart now 9 Deluxe. Cloud Strife and Bayonetta. <laughs> well, that'd be fun. Now give me eight Fire Emblem characters in Mario Kart. <laughs> Okay. Well, if we don't now, have a good amount of, like, 12 Fire Emblem characters, we're not good. Is it really a Smash Brothers game? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be one-third okay. Fire Emblem. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, just to take it back to uh, to the Sonic panel, um, I'm excited for this stuff. You know, I, uh, I, I like Sonic Mania a lot. I definitely would love an excuse to go back and play it um, with these new characters. Don't know. Uh, I'll probably check out the remix mode as well. Um, and then the Sonic Racing game, like, we'll see. I love kart games, but I feel like it's a real uphill battle to try and tear me away from Mario Kart 8 in, you know, in, in favor of something else. So they'd have to really try to do something innovative. And I don't really know, like, what you could do with a, a kart racer to, like... What if it's not a kart racer? What if it's just a running racer? Because they can all just go fast. Hmm. That's, like, something. Hey, speaking, <laughs> of, speaking of racing games, you guys remember Diddy Kong Racing? My god, I love that game. That was the yeah. best that was great. racing game. Yeah. That was great. That needs yeah, that a sequel. better than Mario Kart 64. Um, it was better than Mario Kart 64, definitely. That game was fun. But it's not the best kart racer of that era, because it was it, Crash Team Racing. It's also better than Crash Team Racing. I will it's not. You. It's so not. I, I get it. You guys had N64s. I'm telling I you. Had I had everything, though. Just, and I'm telling you, <laughs> it was them better. in retrospect. Crash Team Racing, I had a Game Boy Color, and that's it. <laughs> well... All right, you know what? We're going to have to have... We're going to make... Uh, what, what are they? March Madness, right? That's the yeah. basketball thing. We're going to make a bracket of all the kart racers, you guys. And There's we're gonna... like four of them. Well, I, that's... Yeah, that's how that's we'll do it. That's still a bracket. Yeah, it's like, that's the final four, Andy! <laughs> it's sets up in the finales. <laughs> Although, can I just say, uh, this is great and all, but where's a remake of Sonic 06? Because, like... <laughs> <laughs> that one I'll you play. You just gotta run around at the speed of sound. Follow your rainbow, Pete. We, that's not even the same game. We can, no, we can play a... that game on cosplay. The remake oh of 06. Oh my god! I I haven't tilted you enough, so I had to go there and completely pivot to the different game. See, in case anyone didn't know, but no, you know. I, but you know what? You know what, Peggy? I I appreciate it because at least you're trying to go somewhere new. You know, you're trying to find new and innovative ways to, to get a rise out of me. And, like, I appreciate that. You know, like, she's just following point. her. If rainbow, you didn't Pete. get the joke, she could have yeah, said I you're too slow. Said that. I know. I know. I'm No, I'm, but, like, I'm, also, like, in all seriousness. It's called a throwback, Peggy. Learn comedy. In all, I, no. In all seriousness, though, like, a Sonic 06 remake would actually interest me. I am Why? not kidding. Why? Because I what want justification because, would you have for remaking that? Like, like put it on, put it on the Switch. Right? Put it on the Switch. Reason. No, not the Switch. Not the Switch. What the fuck am I saying? Look, reason is, that game was terrible enough that I want to play it. I have yet to play that game. Go back and play an old copy of it. We don't need a re-release of hot garbage. No, 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 no. But, like... I can't plug in my Xbox 360. We don't need a re-release of hot garbage. (laughs) I thought it was on a Nintendo console. Says Pete, when there's every Sonic game after Sonic and Knuckles. (laughs) I, no, I'm not no, asking no. for a remake of them. <laughs> I just meant that everything okay, past but them is trash. Really though, 
Really, though. Just, like, I don't know, 10-year anniversary? No, 10's already passed. 15-year anniversary of Sonic 06. I'd be down for that. Give me a full-fledged PSVR remake of Shadow the Hedgehog or give me death. Oh, my God. I'm done. I'm done. trash. Done. We're moving on. All right, so our last story is going to take us into our meat and potatoes this week, uh, which is all about the uh, <laughs> the aftermath of Ninja's record-shattering Fortnite stream with Drake. Hype. That was great. <laughs> did any of you guys actually watch it live, or did you not have a chance no. to? No, uh, like, I wasn't aware of it until it was, like, a news story the next day. Aw, uh, man. See, it was, like, it was on my Twitter feed at first, and, like, I've watched Ninja before, and, like, he's he's always a lot of fun. Um, He started out in Halo 5, then he got into Battle Royales uh, as Luminosity Game, as a player on Luminosity Game Gaming, LG, yeah, and then uh, kind of stepped back, I think, because he used to be with PUBG. He did H1Z1, then PUBG, and now Fortnite, but I think he's just a streamer right now for Fortnite, but, like, his streams are so much fun, you know, the pom it up, Katana's in the chat, all that jazz, it's just, he's a really great character, so to see this, uh, happen to him, and, like, uh, also see, also, like, in context, where you know that he's been grinding for years on this stuff, it's just so cool, like, it, it was also just really fun to, to see, uh, and they did get a win, they did get a win, which was even more entertaining. Yeah, so, uh, for those of you who don't know, um, I'm I'm gonna I'm just gonna read from this Kotaku article by Nathan Grayson just to like catch you up the uh, you know like the headline of it. But um, all right, so for a single night, the ultimate buddy cop duo, Twitch King Ninja and rapper Drake, digitally dressed as John Wick, which is this is a sentence that I'm reading, the, like <laughs> took over Twitch, Twitter, and the collective consciousness. Uh, now Ninja's got ten thousand shiny new subscribers, and it seems like this whole Fortnite plus celebrities trend is here to stay. Uh, prior to Drake's surprise cameo on the Ninja is Better Than You at Fortnite show, <laughs> Ninja had a little over 170,000 uh, subscribers. By the end of the night, that shattered Twitch records. Oh, yeah, no. At, by the end of the night, that shattered Twitch records and also included appearances from rapper Travis Scott, NFL player Juju Smith-Schuster, and Kim and uh, Kim.com. I don't know who that oh, is. Oh, he's the founder of Mega He had over 180,000. Oh, Oh, that's so weird. Okay. So, all right. Yeah. So, right. So he got, um, a a ton of subs that night. Right. So like, that's, that's a, that's a big increase. And, uh, for those of you who don't know, like subscribers like come with money, you know? So it's like, they're, is it always $5 Peggy or is it? No. Okay. So the thing that he did was while they're waiting for a game to queue, Ninja very casually was like, Hey, do you know about Twitch prime? If you have a prime subscription, you can subscribe for free. And then the entire chat box, instead of like people chatting, it was literally just subscribe to pick via Twitch prime, like all the way down. First off, crazy. brilliant move on his part. Absolutely oh, yeah. fantastic way to cash in. That was brilliant. But also like seeing that live and just going, Oh fuck. Yeah, it's oh like he just God. made he just made like fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in a night. Yeah. Oh, that that's um, nothing compared to what he makes in a month. Well, yeah, right. But I mean, like, obviously, this is like that's a that's a that's a huge fucking night, oh, man. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. It, you know, and it, like obviously, it broke all these records. Like it, you know, um, and it's like he's been kind of on the rise over the last couple of weeks. Like he um, broke the all time sub record with fifty thousand at the end of February, and then had ten thousand in a single stream. Um, you know, like this last week so that's another another uh another record for him and um 
Uh, okay, and they said that's around the fourth of the total subscribers that he's gained in the past seven days. So, like, he's continued to, um, like, this this new attention has continued for multiple days, right? Uh, so he's, you know, obviously been fucking pulling in the money here. And, uh, and you know, this basically has become kind of like a... Uh, like, it became a mainstream story, you know, because of the involvement of, like, Drake and, you know, uh, NFL player. And, you know, it's uh, it, it was, like, a thing that got written up on CNN and, like, ESPN was talking about it. And, you know, it, it was basically, like, a big conversation of, like, wow, like, I guess uh, these kids playing video games on the Internet is kind of like a thing now, huh? And um, it, uh, it just – it made me laugh a little bit. But I, I guess I wanted to – use this as a jumping off point to like have a conversation with you guys about like gaming culture, like versus mainstream culture, you know? And, and now that I feel like we are starting to see kind of an increase in those two things, like rubbing up against each other or crossing over in some instances, while we're also seeing, um, you know, the kind of scapegoat argument that I thought we put to bed in 1994 Mm. um, coming back. So like, what is your like take on on all this you know and like if you want to comment on on the stream itself or any of those milestones obviously feel free um but like what's your kind of like overall thought on where gamer culture as it is like is at at this point uh the thing is like when it comes to gaming and and mainstream that entire like big conversation that people keep on having uh it gaming has always been mainstream but it's also never needed to be I think is kind of how I would describe it, in which um, everyone knows who Mario is. Everyone know most people know who Sonic is. Um, but do the people know who? Crash and Bandicoot there's been is? references to some, they used to. not all. They used to, but uh, but like gaming has al- always been something that's kind of commonplace. It's just a matter of it being a lot more visible now because of Twitch, because of YouTube gaming, that sort of thing. Um, and I don't think. But I don't think, like, gaming culture needs to be mainstream in order to survive or anything like that. And I no. don't really like the argument of people going, oh, it's mainstream now, or, oh, we need to be mainstream. Because that's something I keep on hearing in esports as well, where people are like, oh, competitive gaming needs to get to be mainstream. Like, that's the goal. Where it's like, no, not not really. Like, people need to know about it, obviously. But I don't think it needs to be commonplace. and Like, like not completely commonplace. It's like, I don't... I don't know. I had a point and then I lost it, but basically, um, <laughs> I think com- I think the entire idea of like is gaming culture mainstream. I think the people who are asking that are missing the point entirely because everyone knows what a PS4 is, what an Xbox is, and I'm betting that you guys. Well, not everyone. I would bet majority, a very hard majority, know what a gaming console is. I, I honestly, well, they know what a gaming console is, but I think like I think that argument comes from a place of like you live in a bubble. You know, or, like, everyone you know plays video games or, like, knows people who plays video games. So, like, they have an increased familiarity with it. But it's, like, if I went and asked my dad, like, what are the current video game consoles? I don't think he could answer. Like, he pr- knows the names PlayStation and Xbox, you know. But, you know, I, I, I don't think that, um, I, I don't know that, like, it's that. I, I don't know that it's that pervasive. You're right about, like, Mario, but I don't know that there's, like, any other character save for maybe sonic that has like that level of uh penetration you know 
Yeah, but then if that's the case, why are we seeing a lot of gaming, you know, gaming references on TV shows, that sort of thing, where where people understand it and people get it? Like, I know Sims has been referenced in in a couple of places. Uh, Call of Duty is pretty commonly referenced when Call you're talking about it. Call of Duty is pretty pervasive. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, so I think I think it's more so people are asking like, is I don't know. I just I. I really hate the the entire topic of is gaming culture mainstream mostly because like it is stop try and like it is but it may not be mainstream enough for some people and I think that's where the the conversation starts maybe I I don't know. Yeah, I'm 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 more or less with Peggy there. Like I I do think gaming is like relatively mainstream largely like when the the violence in video games argument came up last week. It, basically, the only reason anyone paid any attention to it was because it came from the president of the United States, and everyone else was like, "I thought we were done with this shit." Um. Yep. Yeah. But like, I I do think there's a a sort of impulse in gaming to like feel this competition that doesn't really need to be there. Yeah, mm-hmm. like um like a like yeah. a need to prove legitimacy. Yeah. Like yeah. I think gaming culture is pretty mainstream as evidenced by the fact that like people I didn't know had ever played a video game are really into Fortnite. <laughs> Everybody's really into Fortnite. <laughs> but like well, I... Oh yeah, go ahead. I don't know that gaming needs to like make it a competition yeah i mean it i think we just do you know and like the collective we right like i uh i i don't really feel like um because like i don't really feel like video games are like mainstream but they're also not niche right like i i don't think it's a thing that like not everybody is a gamer but a lot of people are you know yeah yeah i'd say it's like it's getting to a point where i feel like it's about as ubiquitous as like some as as like sports you know of like there is a really significant contingency of people in any country that if there's a professional sports organization like that they follow it right like i don't know how many you know what percentage of it it is of americans but i'd imagine it's you know a a significant majority like you know are, are invested in one of the big four and um i feel like we're getting to that place with video games where like they're starting to um, be that uh, pervasive, I think, because like, you know, we're getting to a point where there are more and more generations of people that grew up with games than didn't, you know, like it's kind of like once the boomers are, are gone, there won't be anybody uh, left that doesn't have some touchstone of, of video games as a thing, you know, uh, whether or not you had them in your household, right? Like they're a thing that, right were around um but to challenge the point that you made peggy is i think like to say that gaming's always been mainstream and i'd like to give thompson the opportunity to talk because i know he has an opinion on on this point um video games were never the way they are now like they've always been um popular but they were marketed as toys for children you know for a significant portion of like the art forms um you know existence and I, I think it being a uh, 
a topic that's showing up on on CNN where you know like they're talking about like something that is about like gaming culture right like Twitch and how much money this person made and how these celebrities are going on Twitch shows you know like that is gaming culture's in my mind anyway stuff like that right these are the first times that like um gaming and being a gamer is touching up against mainstream culture versus video games themselves you know and um that like the idea of being a uh you know if you're an adult who plays video games it doesn't mean that you're a, a fucking loser who lives in your mom's basement anymore like that's uh obviously there's still people that feel that way but i feel like that broader like stereotype of gamer is is starting to change a lot more because there are more people who identify that way because more people play video games so in this case then we're not actually talking about all video games then we're talking about console and pc because if we're talking about like is gaming mainstream then we're also got to include mobile gaming and and sure. that sort of thing um which i feel like would definitely put video games into that very solidly into the mainstream column because if you're talking mainstream being point. commonly accessible and most people are, are doing something with it um i would argue without a doubt uh mobile gaming definitely puts it into that mainstream column not that it needs a label or anything but hey society uh but yeah for the most part i i yeah i see your point so thompson what are your what's your take on this speaking from experience when i was growing up uh gaming was almost taboo it was basically uh talk about it at your own risk practically because there was so few people who did or even understood the concept of what was going on that, you know, you were basically uh, a nerd or whatever, you know, a stereotypical thing, you know, but it was actually like really hard to get a conversation or even meet a person who uh, even shared half of the experiences you had. So growing up into that kind of stuff, every year that it became more and more accessible or any more people who got into gaming kind of, it was always nice. Right. And never in my life had I imagined uh, let's plays even being a thing. It seemed impossible. Uh, you know, 15 years ago to me, it never would have thought, you know, streaming never, for games never seemed possible growing up. So where we are now is a level of uh, mainstream stuff that I've never thought was even possible with games. Um, you know, with the accessibility of mobile games and handhelds and new and more, you know, better tech and um, even accessibility into China and stuff, you know, and just nations around the world having more, uh, you know, uh, uh, pieces of, of the stuff that like we only had for we took for granted for a while really um worldwide even it's it's way way more pervasive than it ever used to be and yeah just for that alone i'm gonna say it's mainstream because like it it may have been an iconic thing even in like you know the 80s to to know what mario is but to have played it or seen someone play it other than just knowing the name uh really you know you could have, you knew what a computer was. You've heard the PC, you know, in the late eighties or nineties, but you may never even use one, you know, it doesn't mean you know it or understand it. And I think that the understanding of gaming and like what it is, like what gamers do more and the culture behind it. Um, I think that's interesting that Peggy was saying about how people push to, to make it mainstream. I think maybe because we have a lot of people have come in just saying like, all I do is phone games or, you know, all I do is just handheld or maybe I just play call of duty. Uh, those people sound usually I, I hear I've run across people like that. You know, I, I feel like they are like what they'd consider like hardcore gamers. Like, you know, 
people like me, technically, I guess, because I play everything, but I don't think it matters what you play. Just play games, enjoy them. Um, I think, I think because of that, it's mainstream. Like the fact that we have a podcast about it is something that seems baffling to me, you know, like it just seems crazy because it was never a big enough thing that you could have like really talked about esports being well, a thing. Did- what? Oh yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, just like esports being a thing, it's another one of those things. When I was growing up, I was like, I can't believe this is real. You know, for gaming as a whole, like it's right where it needs to be for me, and I'm I'm so happy where it is. So like, you got you have celebrities now playing games on on Twitch channel, or, or it, it's that's nuts to me. So it's for me mainstream enough at least, and I don't think anyone needs to push it. It'll just happen. You know, the same way you said, like enough of yeah. the baby boomers will be gone, and there won't be really anyone who hasn't you know had experience with this. More and more people are, are are playing games, or at least know what they really are at their core. Um, you know, every every year, so you know it's not unheard of. I think that this this will be ma- like all right. It's a crazy example. When I was younger, Grandma's Boy came out. Stupid as it is, it's a silly movie. But point is, he's making a video game in the movie. That was I get that it was mind boggling back then because the movie was like, yeah. oh my god, a video game. Like they're hip, they're cool. You know, they're whatever. Nowadays, like Peggy said, you can put that shit on TV anywhere you want. And it's it's cool. It's a nice reference, but it doesn't have the same like gravitas of like you know, oh my god, well, a video game and a movie. You know, no, I, I think like to to uh, counter that, like regardless of your feelings about the show, like one of the most uh, you know the most successful sitcom on television is a show about nerds, yeah, right, Big Bang you know, Theory, who fucking play video yeah. games and whatever. Yeah, yeah Big so, Bang Theory. So that's so my point. Like, like that that yeah, has become enough. Like from you look back, like Grandma's Boy, where that was just like one instance that was like crazy, and now it's just like it was like whoa, it's just all over TV now. So like just that alone sure. has proved uh, for me that it's it's mainstream enough, you know. Like and it'll it'll yeah. get to the rest of the way just by attrition at this point, you know, <laughs> and accessibility. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, right, yeah. I and I, I agree with you to a certain extent. Um, and I think like one of the things that you said that uh, I wanted to just bring up as like kind of a counterpoint um, was like the idea of um, like of, of us having like a, a podcast about it. Right. Like I think it's that's a reason why I think this conversation is interesting is because, um, you know, having my foot in the world of uh, of comic books as well is like comic books aren't mainstream. You know, like superheroes are mainstream. Comic book movies are mainstream. Um but comic books are not mainstream. Comic books are super niche. Um, like the best-selling comic book of a of the year uh, will move about you know a hundred thousand units or something like that. You know, whereas the best-selling video <laughs> twenty <game> million <laughs> millions and right millions. Yeah. Um, and that <laughs> that I think uh, is something that like that's why I think this story is so interesting. Right? Is like yeah, like. Gamer culture has always been a thing, right? And, like, I've been reading EGM, you know, or, or fucking going on IGN or whatever, or, like, having these outlets, having these places to go and connect with other gamers for d- over, you know, well over a decade. For like, basically the entire time I've been on the internet. Um, but it's way different, you know, to Thompson's point, to see it come to a place where there are professional video game events um, on ESPN, you know, that there is where Andy and I went to fucking, what was it, Madison Square Garden to watch the league, you know, um, semifinals. Uh, and it's like, that's, that's insane. Like that, that is a really yeah, huge that, that stuff blows step. my mind. It really does. Because I just come from a place where like, it was never that way, you know, and I'm sure that's, that it's that way now, but it's just, it seemed so impossible back then that like people get paid 
to play video games even like that's nuts you know right uh, that's crazy you know and it's like the generation that's coming up now it's like that's that's the standard yeah you know, like, they're growing up like into the that. way the world is um and i think that's going to like we're not going to really fully see the impact of like gaming culture being like like we think it's mainstream right now but i honestly think it's going to become a lot more mainstream and not because it needs to be or because we need legitimacy or anything like that i just think like thompson said it's attrition like i think more and more people like to peggy's point are playing video games in new and different ways they're more accessible than ever and there's not a stigma about playing them and I think because of that, we're probably going to come to a point where most people play video games and it won't there won't be like a gamer culture in the same way because everyone will be a gamer. Yeah. Well most, you know, and- most people do. It's just console gaming I think we're talking about. Because again, mobile gaming is still a thing. Yeah, but it's but that's like that's that's what I'm talking about, right? Like I'm not saying like just like console and, and PC gaming, because it's like, yeah, like maybe you play a mobile game on your phone. But I don't think that those people consider themselves, like, gamers, right? Right. Like, so so in this case, though, we're – just to, like, clarify, we're not talking about all gamers. We're talking specifically about PC console gamers. Well, no, when I say gamer, I mean, like, hardcore player. Like, you're somebody who buys multiple video games a year. Like, and it doesn't matter, like, if you – Technically speaking, if you got Super Mario Run, Candy Crush, and something else, that's multiple games a year. So – yeah, okay, but like that's that's still different. Like and, and like but it's like a game. we can yeah, I don't want to go like, Sean on you, but it's But a you game. are like and you're do like you're arguing a semantic argument that like I don't think is like it's like not relevant. Like no, yeah, I like, think it is though because are, we're talking it's it's a very different type of like when we're talking games going mainstream, the it seems like our conversation here is not about mobile games. It's about console games and PC games. Well, that's, like, because that's the dominant, like, like, that's where, like, okay. Mobile games are, their significance in the market is overblown. You know, like, they make a lot of money. But, like, a lot of mobile games don't have a ton of retention. They don't have Mario's coming out of them, usually. and, And, like, they, a lot of them make their money off a very small number of people spending a lot of money. And, like, they're not, like... So on um on a, a podcast I listened to last week, a guy who I really like named Jared Petty said this about video games, right? He said like at their best they're a beautiful expressive art form, and at their worst they're uh, a tacky um uh, way to waste time, right? And that is what most mobile games are like, and that's fine. Like I'm not here to make a value judgment on mobile games, but I'm saying that like mobile games in general are not like a significant like part of the conversation when you're talking about like the culture around video games in the same way that like there's a lot of porn but we're not talking about it when we talk about movies you know like it, it's I, there there's the same they're games but like i don't think that somebody who plays candy crush even if they play it every day necessarily like thinks like i have a friend's friend whose mother plays that like one of the like the soda one or whatever like on her phone every single day right but she has said to me, um, she's made comments about the fact that, like, adults, like, don't play video games. So, like, you see what I'm saying? Like, there's a dissonance there. Like, and I don't think, like, we need to draw a line in the sand of, like, well, we're talking about these. Because, like, yes, I think mobile gaming is pervasive, but it's, like, 
that doesn't like make you a, a a gamer in the way that like we're talking about in like the there, quotes. So there's gamer. the line in the sand. Yeah, but like, but we don't, I don't need think a line I'm, in the sand. Yeah, because it's I'm not a soft saying line. Like, oh, some well, mobile games not, are like real games, you know. Like some are really good. Yeah. And it's like it's in its infancy. Like mobile games are, and they'll change. come. They'll come you around know, when the technology like, gets better. In five years, when phones are as good as my computer are now, like they'll be able to put fucking Skyrim on it or some shit, you know. And then mm-hmm. it'll be like VR holographic Skyrim on your phone in twenty twenty, you know. So I, I don't know. I mean, that's that's where I stand on that part, at least. It's like I I, I see the 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 point that you're making, um, but it's just like I I think that like the fact that mobile gaming is pervasive is significant in in overall making more people playing games right but i don't i don't think that like when we're talking about like gaming being mainstream like i don't think we need to say we're only talking about pc and console games because it's like it is the whole thing it's just like they're not they're not exactly analogous and it's like we're getting way in the weeds here um, we're definitely getting way in the weeds here but uh yeah um it's like I don't I don't even know how to pull up from this now. Yeah, have fun. <laughs> Bye. Um Yeah, I don't know, like So final thoughts, everyone. Final thoughts. Are mobile games games? Go. Sometimes. <laughs> In the real yeah, sense, sometimes. Sometimes they challenge you, sometimes they aren't just money schemes that have timers on them. Sometimes they're actually real that games. That doesn't matter when we're talking about this, though. If it's a game, it's a game, so game? does that count? But the loose justification yeah, of what Pac-Man a game Man. is, I mean, like... It's a money yes, scheme. Yes, Pac-Man's a game. Though. Yeah, but that's a real game. Like, some are real games. And it's not a money scheme, it's a game of skill that requires you to actually, like, pay attention to it. The timer isn't just to unlock something like, like a like, farm I, for see, you. See, I think this is where the bubble comes in, though, because I'm, I'm still saying that you guys are absolutely putting games into two different categories and you're only talking about one. I'm putting them into like five categories. I mean, P might do two. I don't know, but I... Well, no, it's it's just like I'm saying like they're all part of the same conversation, but like the whole point I was making about this is like I don't think we need to like... Like mobile games are games, but not everyone who plays multiple mobile games a year like is like entrenched in video games. Like that's what I'm talking yeah, like about. My, is, like, like my dad plays Game of you know, War, like, but he doesn't know shit about games at all. He's played Game of War for three years consistently every day on two different accounts. And like he literally doesn't know anything about games. So it's just like I don't consider him a gamer. But if you guys want to, that's up to you. I mean, like personally, I don't. It's just because like he doesn't – if I said anything about games that have come out in the last 20 years, he'd be like, yeah, I know Mario. Like that's it. You know, so I, I mean, I don't know. He's He's on that game all the time. But like I don't know. It's just there's a, it's a different mentality of like how you approach games, but like I think like to build off like the point that I think that I think you're trying to make is like I do feel like that that line will increasingly become blurred like as time goes on because I think like there will come a point where you know it's like it's just ubiquitous you know like in a way where like we maybe we don't make that same distinction you know because there isn't such a hardcore contingency of like you know. Like, people who were, like, playing video games is, like, a part of their identity, you know, unless it's their job. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I wonder if we're going to, like, see a shift where there is just a broader interest in games across the board, you know? Uh, I, I, I think we're going to have to respectfully agree to disagree on this one because I think you're missing the point. I think you're missing the point of the question. Well... You're, but you're like you're also acting like I'm taking a position where I'm not like I'm asking. No, the question. no, no. But like, no, you're you're like, in a different school of thought, and that's the position. 
All right. Um. <laughs> so, final thoughts? I don't know. I think games are, like, game culture is weird to me, and it's always been, like, weird and defensive about itself. And it's like, I play games, and I'm happy to play games. But, like, I don't feel the need to get defensive or be like, sports suck, because I really like sports, too. And, like, I like things. I don't know. I don't see why <laughs> liking one thing has to make you not like other things. And that's that's a trend I see a lot in game culture is, like, you, like, defending games by saying, well, sports suck or, well, X, Y, or Z thing is bad, so games are good. And that makes me sad. Fair enough. Um, uh, I, I don't think that we've ever been a, in a better time with games, you know, just like I was saying before. So that leaves me hopeful for the future. Um, I really hope that eventually the PC and console people can get together and hold hands because it's really not that much of a different world. <laughs> like, guys, the grass is not and greener on the other side, really. It's just a different shade of green. Okay, so let's just all hold hands. Oh, Andy. <laughs> Moving on. 1080, what up? <laughs> Trying to promote a message of unity. Yeah, we'll get a 4K HD TV and then, and then you're fine. There PS4 you go. Pro. Or PS4 Pro. I'm just saying you could. It's an option. <laughs> right. You know why I had to be a, buy a PSVR? Just go for it. They never sold. All right, stop shilling. <laughs> Make your point. We I did. I'm done. did. And All then right, Andy chat on it. <laughs> All right. Yes. Um, yeah, Peggy. Any any final thoughts? I don't know. I st- I still feel like there. When it comes to this entire conversation, I think gaming needs to be defined as well as mainstream. And I think we did that a little bit here. But like at the same point, if you're talking mainstream, meaning it is commonplace, it is easily accessible, people do it all the time, regardless of whether or not they call themselves gamers. Gaming is mainstream. I think that that is something that is uh, that like. I think the main conversation when people talk about this isn't about mobile gaming, as as Pete said. I think it is about console gaming, but there needs to be a better distinction when it comes to that it comes to that entire argument. Because if you're talking just games, yeah, it is mainstream because people play on their phones all the time, and you know it's very commonplace. But I think the main conversation is again is that console PC gaming life that that entire thing. Uh, starting to become mainstream, which is, you know, a thing. And also, you know, we're seeing it in a different uh, in a different way that we've never seen it before, in which now you're not playing the game, you're watching someone play the game, which goes to show just how far gaming has come uh, within the past couple of years. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, I think, you know, I think it all comes down to uh, just seeing the way that, video games presence uh like and and its placement in the broader culture has changed over the years mm-hmm. and the way that the conversation around it has changed um and uh as far as like where i think it's going it's like i uh, i think to just circle it back to something that thompson said is i i do think there will come a point where um this conversation doesn't happen because it's like it, it, in the same way that we like you wouldn't you would never ask like are movies mainstream right is television mainstream um they are and uh i think video games have made the crossover from uh you know toys for children or niche hobbyist interest to um a much broader thing than, than it used to be 
And, uh, and I, I have a feeling that we're only going to see that, uh, evolve and change and, um, and the applications of games evolve and change. And I'm excited to see where it goes. So, uh, that's going to wrap up the conversation here on, uh, episode 66. Oh, no, not 60. What am I saying? Fucking 47. Oh, boy. Of- <laughs> Suddenly a time jump. What? This is the um, darkest yeah. timeline. <laughs> episode 47 of the video game pals uh so remember you can write in with your thoughts on this or any other uh, uh, or any other topic we've discussed on this or any other episode at uh, the video game pals at gmail.com you can follow us at the comics pals on uh, anywhere social media is sold and uh, as always please if you're an audio listener like the show share it with your friends uh go give us a rating over on apple podcasts do the same if you're on youtube subscribe to the channel if you haven't already return and uh, go check out me and thompson's return on pals play 2.0 are you are you jedi's or kings here yeah the return of the pals back to the future uh, uh you know what? you're gonna have to tune in and find out um nice, nice. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh before we get out of here uh we'll do some plugs so peggy why don't you start us off internet i ask you a question what is a c9 in case you don't know what that is there's gonna be an article coming out this week explaining that entire phenomenon uh, it's very No, but it's it's very it's it's a pretty fun thing. Um, it was a nice project to do, and and it'll be on Jinx TV's website, uh, which will be really awesome. But yeah, if uh if you want to know what a C nine is, and also see the first C nine to ever come into existence, that'll be up on my uh, on my Twitter. That's at moriow m o i r a i o w. Uh, I also do a whole bunch of stuff for Winston's Lab, which is that that stat site for Overwatch, not the official one because they don't have one. So. You know, the the unofficial one. Or um, they could hire people. Yeah. Thank God they don't, or you'd be out of a job. It's, it is grayed out. There is a stats tab. Lol. It is, a, it is a stats tab on the Overwatch League website, but it's the only tab that's grayed out and you can't access it. So, you know, we're here in the meantime. Um, but yeah, so if you want to talk about esports or, or, or relive the glory days of what was the original C9, uh, hit, up my, hit me up on Twitter. Uh, you can find C9, me on C9, Twitter C9, at millions. I Andy? really don't tweet that much, so I'm kind of a boring Twitter, and for that, I apologize. Just tweet at me. I will engage with it, probably. You can just tweet at him. Um, Is Pete trying to slide people into my get in, Get in his mentions, Weird. everybody. Uh, Thompson? Uh, maybe. <laughs> I mean, like, whatever. A little weird. <laughs> Uh, you can find me at Relic Vampire on Twitter, and I hope you can invite yourself over here, and we can talk about Jeff Goldblum and how we can get him on to the podcast. So mm. let's start a petition, and we'll God, start rating. Tweet at Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, we'll start rating stuff out of uh, Goldblum's, and you know I hope we can continue this trend. Please, let's start a petition together. I think we should start rating all the games that we review on the show Blooms on a rate of Goldblum's. We'll give it yeah. Goldblum's out of Goldblum's. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, blooms for days. So, uh, and then for me, um, if you guys want to get some more content from me, uh, you can find me on our other shows, The Comics Pals, which posts the day before the show on audio platforms, and uh, both of them post on Fridays over on YouTube, uh, and, you know, cut up Monday through Thursday, which is a thing we do now. Uh, you can also find me and Thompson on the return of Pals Play 2.0, where we'll be cur- playing Kirby. Um, that's going to be our new weekly thing Monday through Thursday. We'll be doing streams over on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash thecomicspals uh, on Fridays. So go do that. 
And uh, you can get me, um, or you can find my writing uh, over on CBR.com. I've got a list out. This I've got two lists out right now, actually, that are still making me money. One about uh, the top 10 best video game covers, one about the top 10 worst video game covers, and then one that's all about censorship and the Pokemon anime. So go check that out and uh, help me pay the bills. And uh, as always, you can go click on my author tab, look at some of the news articles I've done, too. That's a huge help. Uh, and then you can find me on social media, at loud underscore Pete, on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, with that, we are the Video Game Pal signing off. See you next week. Peace.